We're going to be predicting the starting 11 on the offensive side of the football on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get updated every time we drop new content, which is Monday through Friday. If you do like content, Make sure that you are following along with me on Twitter at RichieBrad36 as I am posting stuff all the time, not just for the podcast, but also for all Sun Devils. To keep up with all the content that's coming out, make sure that you follow at LO underscore Sun Devils for the podcast and at all Sun Devils for all my content that I will be pushing out for the Sun Devils in a writing form. Let's go ahead and jump right into today's topic, which is predicting the starting eleven. I will be doing the offense today, and the defense will be tomorrow. Tomorrow, I will also take a look at the special teams. But looking offensively, there, there is a lot of moving pieces here, particularly at the skill positions, where it feels like there's very little, if any, certainty here. I think that there's a lot of, a lot of reps up for grabs. I don't really know if the starting 11 you have at the beginning of the year is going to be the starting 11 by the end of the year. Like, almost next to no confidence that it's going to be the same, which may not be a bad thing. You know, we could find that Arizona State has a lot of really good players to shuffle around and get the most out of. You know, maybe some guys are just late bloomers and finally figure it out towards the end of the season, or they just come out of nowhere and end up, just usurping the guys ahead of them. Whatever it is, I am predicting the starting 11 for week one of the 2022 season. So let's just go ahead and get it over with a quarterback. I don't think there's any surprise here. I got Emory Jones as the winning quarterback for the starting position. Behind him, I'm I'm really not sure. I think I would go Trenton Borgay as my quarterback two on the roster simply because he has been with the Sun Devils longer than Paul Tyson has been there. And I think that that actually does carry some weight. You know, in uh, in Tyson's defense, this is a new offense for him and for Borgay because it's a new offensive coordinator. But at the same time, Borgay is familiar with the with some of the players that are at the program. He knows Brian Thompson. He knows Andre Johnson. You know, he knows the offensive line. He knows Daniel Legata. He knows Jalen Conyers. He knows a lot of the guys that are already there. I think that that really gives him a boost. I think for what it's worth, that makes him quarterback two on the roster. But specifically focusing on QB1, Emory Jones, it's very much an open shut case. When spring practice ball was going on and Herm Edwards had made his comment that he hopes the quarterback was there, turns out that it wasn't. And I mean, to to his defense, neither of the quarterbacks between Tyson and Borgay truly stood out as like this savior of the offense following the departure of Jaden Daniels and Emery 
definitely feels like he can be that. Not only that, but he's going to pick up where Jaden Daniels left off offensively. He is, in a worst-case scenario, as good as Jaden is. You know, he's just as competent a passer, and he might be a more dynamic runner. I mean, we really did see Jaden take off last year and become an absolutely dynamic dual threat. But Emory Jones feels like he's already at that point and can continue to get better. He led the Florida Gators a year ago in rushing yards, 759. I feel like he can come into Arizona State, maybe not lead us in rushing yards because we do have some very talented running backs, but I do believe that he's going to be up in that 700-yard range because I think that Arizona State is going to run the you-know-what out of the football. Emory Jones, my starting quarterback. Uh, Looking at running back, for my starting 11, I am going with two running backs in stay at, in, uh, excuse me, instead of three receivers, I will be going two receivers, two running backs, one tight end. That is going to be the way that I put this all together. With that in mind, I have Xavier Valade and Daniel Legata as one A one B. I'm, I am not putting them in any sort of order. There's a reason I'm picking two running backs instead of three receivers. And that's because I'm more confident in the running back position than the wide receiver position. And quite frankly, I feel like Arizona State's going to be in a very similar situation. I don't know that they want to roll out with two tight ends starting. I don't know if they want to roll out with three receivers starting, but I do know that they want to run the football. And because of that, they could absolutely field a lot of their talented guys. You know, it's not just Valade and Nagata. You have Tevin White. You have George Hart. You have Deontay Elliott. There is a lot of very, very talented runners on this team. And it would be, you know, borderline foolish for the team to get away from that strength and instead try to force a round peg into a square hole in trying to make your receivers dominate your depth chart. The smarter thing to do would be to roll out with your running backs as much as you can. I think that's the situation here. I think that Nagata and uh, Zavian Valade are both guys who were capable of thousand yard seasons. Nagata is a over five yards a carry guy for his career with Arizona State, and at times looked like one of the one of the better running backs the team was fielding. I mean, obviously Rashad White was ahead of him, but there were times where Nagata looked like he was better than Chip Trianum, who has been the Robin to Rashad White's Batman for the last two years. Now, if it's Nagata's chance to really stand out and then Valaday's coming in, transfer from Wyoming, two-time thousand-yard rusher with the program there, he's also going to see a very large role for the team. And he's going to get passing volume as well. I don't know if Nagata factors into that, but Valaday is a proven pass catcher. I feel like that's going to continue with Arizona State. So looking at what's going on in the backfield, I got two starting running backs here. I got Daniel Nagata, and I have Zadavian Valade. I really think that Deontay Elliott is going to be heavily involved. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a Daniel Nagata role as the team's third back and gets in that rotation quite a bit. Maybe he finds himself, you know, 40 to 50 carries this year. I truly think that the Sun Devils are going to be so run-heavy oriented that you're going to have a lot of production from a lot of different guys. You can't sleep on Tevin White. You can't sleep on George Hart. I also think that you could potentially see a very large role for Case Hatch at fullback. I don't know if he gets a start, which is why I went with two running backs instead of a running back fullback. But I do anticipate 
that Case Hatch is going to find himself on the field more often than not. I think that when you want to be as run heavy and run borderline run dependent as the Sun Devils are going to be this year, that you want good play from your fullback. And I think Case Hatch gives you good play out of that position, which is a dying breed. And Arizona State has not used a fullback nearly as much as it used to. But I do think that Hatch is one of those guys that you're going to get on the field and try and make him a utility guy. See if you can get him not just, you know, blocking and doing the typical fullback job, but maybe you can find a way to get him the ball out of the backfield on just little underneath routes and stuff like that. Get creative with him in any way that you can. I think he could be like a Swiss army knife for you. I'm not saying he's some kind of like secret weapon or anything like that, but I do think he is a player that you should be trying to, you know, get the most out of. Let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to take a look at the pass catching weapons and my order for them on the starting 11 depth chart. This, of course, is the Locked on Sunnels podcast. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's another new flavor. Are you ready for this? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. It's so good. What's great about Built is that they're all about the flavor, but also packing it with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first lesson of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms. Let's go ahead and hop right back into our conversation here about the depth chart. We went over the backfield. Let's look at the receivers. I don't think this is going to be too much of a surprise if you have been paying attention to the podcast for a while now. My number one receiver is Cam Johnson. He's I, I understand he's a transfer from Vanderbilt, but the dude has 120 catches in the last three years. He's a proven commodity. I think he is a lot more explosive than the box score will show because he is under 10 yards of catch for his career. But I think he's a very crafty guy. I think Vanderbilt was almost too cute with the way they wanted to use him. There was a lot of underneath stuff. Cam Johnson was able to make plays with with the ball when it was given to him, but there were a lot of times where Vanderbilt's offense just completely faltered and Cam Johnson was on the receiving end of, you know, negative yardage and stuff like that. I think that Arizona State 
should be able to find a much better role for him. I think he could be a Ricky Pearsall kind of guy, you know, just that 45 to 50, maybe 55 catch range for you. Your number one receiver, you can stretch the field. He's quicker than you think. I think you get it, get him the ball underneath, across the middle of the field, outside the hashes. You just, any way you can get the ball out to Cam Johnson is a good decision. I truly think that Johnson is going to be everything that Ricky Pearsall was for you last year. I'm not saying he's going to be better. I'm not saying he's going to be worse. I think he is what Ricky Pearsall was. So take that for what it's worth. Looking at number two receiver, I am going to go ahead and go with Brian Thompson here. I think that as a like super duper senior and having a year under his belt with the Sun Devils after transferring from Utah, that he could finally be able to put together a solid year for the team. He has some major big playability. He was nearly 20 yards of reception at Utah before falling down to a flat 10 yards of reception last year. I don't think that's indicative of who Brian Thompson is. I think, on the contrary, this is a player who can bust a big one whenever the opportunity presents itself. And I think that ends up being one of the things that gets him the nod is, you know, the veteran aspect of it, but also knowing that he has that big playability. He didn't show it off last year, but that doesn't mean it's gone. I do believe that Andre Johnson is probably the third receiver on this team. Would not surprise me if he was the number two receiver on the team. I think that there is a lot of potential with Andre Johnson. He's a big, strong, fast receiver. He has shown off the ability to present big plays. He's shown off that he can be that post-up guy, throw the ball somewhere in his zip code, and he's going to come down with it. He's a very, very good receiver. He just unfortunately disappeared in the second half of last year and wasn't able to put together a complete season. He only had 12 catches last year. Hopefully that changes because I think that Andre Johnson could be a very special receiver. He's a physical specimen. That doesn't that doesn't just mean nothing when you're looking at a receiving core that is in desperate need of a true X receiver. Andre Johnson could be that guy. He's going to be heavily involved this year. I just don't have him in my starting 11. But again, just like with some of the other positions we're going to go over, I would not be surprised if Andre Johnson is the number one receiver on the team by the end of the year. He's incredibly capable of that. It's just a matter of getting to that ceiling. I also think that Elijah Badger is going to have himself a really nice role this year. He showed off the ability to take the top off the defense with some really good deep speed. That's going to be some of the Arizona State values. They love taking two to three shots a game down the field to keep defenses honest. I'm really hoping this is the year for Chad Johnson Jr. I've been trying to manifest it for a while now. He just has not gotten on the field. To me, it's it's this year or nothing. There truly is not much stopping Chad Johnson from getting onto the football field with all of the uncertainty that's there. Now, if Ricky Pearsall doesn't transfer and if LV Bunkley Shelton doesn't transfer, then yeah, this is another very sticky situation for Chad Johnson Jr. But with those two gone, a transfer coming in with Cam Johnson, Brian Thompson not showing off much last year, Andre Johnson probably having the best opportunity just because of how young he is. This is Chad Johnson Jr.'s opportunity, and I hope he seizes it. Looking at tight end, I think it's kind of the same thing as last year. I don't know how much we're truly going to use it. Uh, For what it's worth, uh, Curtis Hodges had 20 receptions, 300-some-odd yards. He was like an 18-yard 
per reception kind of guy. I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of had the same effect this year. It's really going to come down to Jalen Conyers and Messiah Swinson. Swinson being the transfer from Mizzou and an absolute physical specimen similar to Johnson, but standing at like six foot eight, I want to say. At a minimum, he's six six. But bottom line, he's he's a power forward for you. And Jalen Conyers, I feel like, is a really good utility guy who you should be able to flex around your offense, get creative with him. Maybe the way you want to get Case Hatch involved. Not that Conyers is nearly as big because Conyers is more of like a, like a, like a, what's it called? Like a, like a modern tight end is six, four, two fifty. He, he's more built to be like an athlete than he is to be like an inline guy. The way that Messiah Swenson could be more of an inline guy. But if you're forcing me to pick one, I am going to go with Jalen Conyers. Conyers been with the program longer. And Swinson, it, admittedly, you know, they both have very similar amounts of volume. Uh, Conyers last year only hauled in six passes for 62 yards and a touchdown. Swinson was not on the field very much for the Mizzou Tigers a year ago. And I do expect him to get more time for Arizona State. The problem is you, I just don't think they're going to pass the ball a lot. And if they do, it's going to be to the receivers. They didn't use the tight end much last year. I don't know if that's going to change much this year. but. Picking a starter, I am going Jalen Conyers. Let's go ahead and hop into our final break. Now, when we return, we are going to close out with the offensive line. Stay tuned. This is the Locked on Sun Devils. As always, make sure that you guys are tuned in to the Locked on Pac-12 podcast as well. Good friend of mine, Spencer McLaughlin, gives you all the information you need to know about the Pac-12 in 30 minutes or less. Just like the Locked on Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. Make sure you're staying in touch with everything Pac-12, guys. Offensive line. I don't know if there's going to be too many surprises here. We're just going to go left to right, and I'm going to give you a little bit of insight for each of them. At left tackle, I'm going with Emmett Bull. Left guard, Ladarius Henderson. Center, Ben Scott. Right guard, Chris uh, Martinez, and right tackle, Des Holmes. The only guy that I think is going to be very competitive for a starting spot is Isaiah Glass. Other than that, I think Joey Ramos is a bench guy. I don't know much about Ben Bray. He hasn't gotten on the field much. Uh, Kobe Stol- uh, Stuckwish, another guy, just kind of kind of depth piece. Uh, Austin Berry, redshirt freshman. I don't know if he's going to see the field very much with all of the veteran offensive linemen that are ahead of him. Isaiah Glass being a true sophomore, he is is someone who I think could really end up being a star for the Sun Devils at six foot five, 280 pounds, though. I mean, he's really got to bulk up if he wants to play anywhere on the offensive line. But he could be a very talented offensive lineman. I think he is very physically gifted. And he is agile. But I am going to go with Emmett Bull over him. Bull is, of course, a redshirt senior transfer for the team. And I think I think that matters for Arizona State. You just lost Kellen Deesh. You just lost uh, Donovan West. But looking at left tackle, which is where we're at right now, is losing Kellen Deesh. That's, that's a guy who's in the NFL right now. It would be very difficult to try and replace him with an undersized underclassman 
who doesn't have a lot of experience right now. Emmett Bull does have that experience. I, I, I want to see Isaiah Glass out there as soon as possible because I think it's important to get your young guys out there. However, until he's ready, Emmett Bull's my guy. Left guard, it's not a surprise. Ladarius Henderson, dude is the best player on the offensive line, the most veteran guy on the offensive line as a true senior for the team. I think that a big season for Ladarius Henderson could end up with some NFL draft conversation. Easy pick. Center was also very easy. Ben Scott played right tackle last year for the team, kicks inside the center, picking up for Donovan West. I think he's a very versatile piece that you can just flex all over the offensive line. He's going to be a really good fit at center. I think he's a very smart, uh, very, very technically savvy kind of offensive lineman. I'm excited about his move to center. I think that the interior of your line between him and Henderson is outstanding. I'm very excited to be running between the tackles this year. Right guard, uh, Chris Martinez, not a surprise for me either because he is another veteran guy coming from San Diego State, six foot four, 310 pounds. Des Holmes, final guy that I have starting at right tackle, coming from Penn State. This is a guy who has a little bit of starting time under his belt, but is going to probably see a lot more time with the Sun Devils in his final season in college football. Looking at the offensive line, I'm pretty much going with seniors across the board. Uh, senior, uh, excuse me, uh, redshirt senior transfer at left tackle, se uh, true senior at left guard, and grad transfer seniors at right guard and right tackle, Ben Scott being a redshirt junior. So I am going with the veteran proven guys on my offensive line. Four heavy sets as my sixth offensive lineman. I am going to go Isaiah Glass because, again, I think that you want to get him on the field when you have the ability to. This is the future. There's not a lot of young guys on the roster right now. You know, Ben Bray, redshirt sophomore. Kobe uh, Stuckwish, redshirt sophomore. Austin Berry, redshirt freshman. And Isaiah Glass, a sophomore. After them, there's a lot of uncertainty. You're going to be hitting up the transfer portal again. You're hoping that with your NIL that maybe you can pull in some important guys for your um, recruiting class. But you want to get Isaiah Glass out there in any way you can this year. I think that they're going to. I And, and it's a very similar situation to what I've said for a few different positions. It would not surprise me if Isaiah Glass is the, is one of the starting offensive linemen by the end of the year. But as of right now, I am going to be sticking with uh, Emmett Bull at left tackle, which is where I would project Isaiah Glass to be. So one more time going left to right, or uh, just overall on my offense, I should say. Uh, Emery Jones, my starting quarterback, for what it's worth, Trenton Borgay would be my QB2. Starting two running backs with Xavier Valade and Damian Legata. I expect fullback Case Hatch to also have himself a pretty pivotal role with the team. Only going two starting receivers. I'm going Brian Thompson and I'm going Cam Johnson. I really, really believe that Andre Johnson is going to have himself a hefty role with the team as well. Tight end Jalen Conyers. I think him and Messiah Swinton are probably going to be in a like like a 50-50 timeshare kind of situation. Offensive line, left to right, Emmett Bull, Ladarius Henderson, Ben Scott, Chris Martinez, and Des Holmes. I think that with the offensive line, you just want the proven guys out there. 
after losing two guys to the NFL. But that's my starting offense. And that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Sunnibals podcast. For the starting 11 defense, we're going to be going over that tomorrow. So make sure that you are subscribed wherever you get those podcasts. Remember, you can find us anywhere that you get it audio. And you can also find us on YouTube. Wherever you do get those podcasts, though, make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get updates every time the Locked on Sun Devils drops new content, which is Monday through Friday. If you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow me at RichieBrads36. I'm talk, talking Arizona State constantly and put, and putting out lots of content between the podcast and All Sun Devils. If you want to follow the All Sun Devils content from Sports Illustrated, go ahead and follow at All Sun Devils. And for the podcast, you can follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. But that will wrap us up for this Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.